Welcome to the Yoga Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Saraswati Clare, an award-winning documentary filmmaker and owner of Yoga Kula from the San Francisco Bay Area. Join us to hear from the world's leading experts on yoga, teachers, doctors, scientists, and scholars. To study more deeply with these inspiring teachers, check out the courses on our website, In this new era, where we have the opportunity to envision and create a new world, the practices of yoga help us to live more consciously so that we can create a better inner and outer world. To help others find us, please leave your comments on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Maria Alfaro. Maria lives in Santa Cruz, California. She has 26 years yoga experience and extensive training in Iyengar, Ashtanga and forest yoga. Maria was trained in TRE, trauma release exercises, by its founder, Dr. David Bocelli in 2004, and she's been teaching his work ever since. She teaches TRE trainings and classes across the U.S. and internationally. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Saraswati. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Lovely to talk with you on this wonderful topic of tension release and a very timely topic for right now. So really looking forward to hearing, uh, if you could talk to us more about what TRE is about and, um, you know, why it's relevant to this time we're in right now. Okay, so TRE stands for Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises, and it was designed a few decades ago in war zones. So initially it was designed by um, David Berselli, who is a, he has a doctorate in uh, clinical social work, is a bioenergetic therapist. He also holds degrees in Arabic and uh, theology. And all this is because he was, he became a therapist sponsored by the Catholic Church and then they shipped him out in war zone to work with traumatized populations. So basically his observations in this war zones, not only on other people, also in himself, where the people tend to contract, I mean, literally contract their body towards the front. I mean, the front of the body. I I describe it because maybe people are not going to see me mimicking, but basically they go towards rolling into a ball when they are, let's say, exposed to an explosion or something that is quite stressful. And the contraction is natural and it seems to go across the, uh, you know, religions, races and political beliefs. So uh, his deduction was that that is something that we have genetically encoded in our body, basically. Also, you observe the children in those situations, then small children tend to shake. They contract too when there is an explosion, let's say, but then they tend to tremor and shake. And then afterwards, they seem to recover quickly from the stressful event and be able to go back to a natural state of feeling relaxed and safe. So his deduction at that time, and this is many years ago, was that if we have a mechanism that is designed to contract us to protect ourselves, we should also have an innate mechanism that make us release the contraction once the stress is over. 
And the reason why we don't do it naturally, because it is a natural response, the reason why we don't do it naturally is because we have, a, we have been conditioned by society to believe that shaking and tremoring are a negative uh, action. So there is a negative social connotation. If you think about it, people that shake are either sick, tired, guilty, nervous, afraid, or simply weird. And so we don't want to look like that. And that's why we numb this response, but it's still in our body. And usually in my workshop, I spend quite a bit of time, like 20 minutes or so, explaining to people what it is and how it works so that the mind can be on board because the body finds it perfectly natural and actually wants to do it. And most people have experienced it at least once in their life if they were, let's say, confronted by somebody or in an accident or 9-11 or the news or something or other, they experience the jittery feeling, similarly to when we have too much coffee, but they've been repressed because they didn't feel okay about it. They didn't feel like it was a good thing to do. It was not cool, in other words, okay? So, but if it's in the body, and if the mind understands what it's about, then through this simple routine that Dr. Berselli designed, designed to stretch and fatigue certain muscles in the group, and with the mind on board, we can just jumpstart again this simple and natural and pretty neutral or pleasant response in the body that help us release that pent-up tension and contraction. By the way, the pent-up tension and contraction is not just caused by trauma because this work was designed for the trauma war, which is pretty severe. But when he came back to the state, because he's American, he figured out that this works very well for stress too because they are in the same continuum. You know, from the slamming of the door, there is a small contraction to the shooting in your neighborhood, a bigger one but we all contract all day long. And also sitting around in a chair, let's say you have a job you love, but you have to sit around eight hours a day, that will create stress and contraction in your body, even if there is no any emotional charge to it. So from the mild stress of sitting in a chair or being late for a dentist appointment to the severe trauma of being in a bombing, and everything in between, we all carry some, some tension that then transform, I mean, transmute into our body uh, as injuries, pain, sleeplessness, anxiety, digestive problems, um, irritability, um, pain in different joints, uh, sciatica, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and blah, blah, blah. TMG, menstrual pain. I mean, really the list goes on and on. So all of those things are caused by tension in the body and mainly in the front body, like the big ropey muscles that I talk more about in my workshops, the psoas. And if you, the listener, don't know where the psoas is, forget about that, but just think that like any other human, in car, I mean, walking around on planet Earth in 2020, we carry a significantly larger amount of tension than the humans so last year, you know, so that, that I'm sure that everybody can relate to that. And um, could you tell us about, you know, your earlier life and, um, you know, if you look at maybe stepping stones of your life, uh, what kind of led you in the direction to find, you know, to be interested in tension release? Well, uh, you know, my background is pretty somatic. I, I always I practice yoga since 85 and I teach it since 97 and I've been teaching it all over the world. And 
I also have a background in martial arts and Chinese martial arts and massage. So basically, I'm a body person. But uh, uh, I was a yoga teacher in 2004 when I came across this work. And since, I mean, like many of us, my early life, childhood and so was not easy. Uh, so I knew that I was carrying uh, stuff in my body, although I would process it uh, psychotherapeutically, but I haven't really resolved it in my organism. And so when I, at that time, David Berselli was not very known, and he came to Santa Cruz, actually, where I live, and he taught a workshop here, and I participated, and I was sold. Initially, I was more sold by the reactions that other people were having in this class, because for me, it was a pretty mellow I was already quite well regulated, so I didn't feel that big difference. The more you are stressed, the more you feel the difference. But I was really taken by the, the, the response of the other participants and how much they were changing in just a couple of days. And, and over time, I have to say that I started not, because then I took it on as a practice. That was in 2004. And I taught a few thousand people before I became a trainer in 2011 and then start traveling the world and teaching uh, certification trainings, which I did over 130 of those three days training. So I spent two years of my life solely, I mean, day-wise doing that. And I taught hundreds and hundreds of workshops all over. But basically, what it did for me personally, it really... I mean, my my way to dealing with my own trauma was always of being defensive and aggressive. So basically, I was shielding myself and being, I mean, strong. I mean, people perceive me as a strong person, but that also made me kind of hard. And sometimes, um, how can I say, reactive. I mean, I was easy to react more than responding to the stressor of life. So I, I figure out that with the with this work, and it was a, a gentle and gradual change. So I didn't notice from night to morning, but for me, it really turned me into a way more soft person, meaning now, and I don't think it's the wisdom of age because many of us get older and actually get crankier. So uh, for me, it was more like I don't react as easily. If something triggers me, I tend to, um, breathe first, think, ground myself, and then respond to that email or to that comment or whatever. And that for me is big. Uh, another thing that it did for me was really uh, fixing my digestive system, which was not very messed up, but it was, it was uh, uh, in and out. I had a lot of different problems with it. And over, I think it was in the first year of practicing this work, all this problem went completely away. So that, and again, I was gifted with a healthy body. So, but from my students, however, I hear the more fantastic things uh, with all the symptoms I described earlier and even stuff like scoliosis, you know, which is because of course, if you, if your spine is going one way, the muscles on the other side will try to pull it back. So there would be not just the original problem, and that's valid for many problems, but also there will be corollary problems related to that original problem. And so even if the original problem might not be fixed by letting go of the tension that surround the problem, the person tends to feel better. But with scoliosis, I just take it as an example. Many people tell me that they got softer, it's not as severe, it doesn't hurt anymore. They still have it, but the curve is like more gentle and stuff like that. So, and that's just a, one of 
many examples I could cite about what this can do for the body and the mind and the emotional body as well. And what is the effect of, um, you know, sort of long-term trauma and stress on the body and the mind? Well, as I said, this the body and the mind can be affected in many different ways because people can have physical problems. They usually manifest, I mean, the, the result of tension at the physical level, they usually, uh, and I mean, this is a very simplistic answer, of course, but they usually translate into pain in some way or another. Emotionally, they usually translate in anxiety, uh, sleep problems, uh, aggravation of, uh, of uh, uh, reactive uh, patterns. Uh, hmm, what else? Because there are some things also that they are kind of the interlap, you know, like migraines. I mean, there, there could be a whole variety of reasons, but psychologically, uh, fear, sense of wordlessness, uh, <clears throat> Drug abuse, substance abuse, uh, behavior abuse of some kind. Uh, these are some of the examples of what trauma can do to us. At the physiological level, what happens is that if we are exposed to even intense stress for a prolonged period of time or short or long trauma or the trauma of somebody else, you know, through vicarious trauma, etc., the body keeps producing chemicals which are supposed to help us in the moment, like adrenaline and cortisol, you know, we need them in the body. Because let's say a bus tried to run me over, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to, to have some adrenaline. I cannot just stand there, you know, I need to have an adrenaline rush so that I get out of the way. And that's a good thing. The problem is if my body gets stuck in that mode of reactivity, it keeps producing adrenaline, which means I will then be very cranky and reactive with the people that love me, for example, instead of being receptive to their needs. Uh, I will be uh, aggressive with people I work with instead of being uh, uh, able to negotiate. And You know what I mean? So we, we are dysregulated, basically. Trauma dysregulates the body at all levels. Some people express it more psychologically with behavior, some people express it more by internalizing and having physical problems, and some people do both. It always amazed me, you know, at my school um, that we learned so little really about um, both the physical body but also about the mechanics of the mind. And um, I loved when I first started to learn in yoga about the habits and the patterns and how doing our yoga practice and our meditation practice can help us recognize habits and patterns. And they might be from family, ancestral, ancestral, cultural habits and patterns um, that um, can take over. And um, we can be responding to some situation because something happened to us when we were small. So um, for me, having that awareness um, was just such an important part of learning how to be human. You know? Totally. I agree. Yes. Being, ab being able to intervene and... Um, and change the karmic pattern. Yes. I mean, we can make that decision that this stops with us. Yes. And I'm sure the tension release um, practices must help you 
also become aware of, oh, I'm holding my, my body in a certain way so that you can use one of the practices to help you release that holding pattern. Yes. And this, you know, the thing that I love the most about this work is that it's not about the story. So people don't need to think. First of all, people cannot pick and choose. I mean, let's say somebody might come because they want to release the car accident. Their body might decide to release the time they fall off the bicycle when they were little kids and they don't even remember it. So a lot of the time we don't know what it is. We cannot pick and choose what it is, but the body has a wisdom of its of its own. And it, it takes the path that it needs to take. Because if I have a shoulder injury, it might relate it really to my hip displacement. And so the, the tremor might work on the hip before they go to the shoulder because they, they want to resolve the root of the problem instead of the symptom, okay? So the, the beauty of this work is that we just... Once the mind understands, although it feels a little strange, but it's actually okay, I can do this and I'm safe, and so on, knowing that they can stop and take breaks at any time. So when the mind is on board, the body knows exactly what to do, and we can trust the body to, to, uh, to do what it needs, and it doesn't need to know the story. And so therapists are becoming more, I can give CUs to therapists, massage therapists and acupuncturists for this work because especially in psychotherapy, there is, there is a, an opening in later year. They're starting to understand that uh, the body needs to be involved in the healing process. It cannot just be, just be the mind. Also, especially if the, somebody went through a lot of trauma, they need to first relax their body because otherwise they will tell the story and telling the story again and again, it might just beat them up and re-traumatize them. While if they first can relax their body, then the story can have a value of integration and healing. And I work with, <clears throat> in Belgium, I've been doing trainings. I just stopped last year, but I did trainings there for seven years. And the, the organization that sponsored me there is called the Belgian Institute, I'm mouthful, the Belgian Institute for Psychotraumatology and EMDR. And the, the, the vice president of that organization took my training and he works with victim of torture in, uh, in, uh, because Belgium, you know, is the capital of the EU. So we're victim of, you know, genocide. I mean, just not that our trauma doesn't count, but we're talking about really severe trauma. And he told me, I never made any progress with psychotherapy with these people until I, I taught them how to shake. And then they relax. And then we made progress. So it's really important to relax the mind. And it's not that this is either or with psychotherapy, they can really go in hand because some people already have processed their work. I mean, their, their stories. And so all they need to release is the physical tension. If people have already released the physical tension or they are doing this through this work or other similar work, then they can process the story if needed. But they are two separate things. And, and for many people, there is no need to process the story. The story is gone with the tension. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Can you, can you just describe um, either one or two of the different practices and what's happening, um, you know, what's happening as you're in one of the practices? This is for somebody who has, you know, never experienced, you know, trauma release practice or TRE. Um, can you give Well, us I mean, there are, 
different modality. I mean, also, as you know, because you hosted in your studio, we also do neurogenic yoga. I've not been doing it online just because it's too complicated. So I will put this aside for a moment. But basically, it's theory for yogis. But the main practice, the mother technique theory, basically, when David Berselli figured out this theory that shaking and tremor can actually be beneficial for the organism, then it's set up on a way to make it happen again on a controlled and safe environment. And so what we do, actually, I will tell you how a workshop works. So basically, the workshop is two hours. So in the first 20 minutes to half an hour, actually, I do, I do a lecture. So I talk about all that we have talked about and more. I basically explain to the mind of the participant why it's a good idea to try this out. So then the mind goes like, hmm, you know, this sounds a little strange, but also it makes some kind of sense, so we'll let you try it, okay? So first I spend time doing that. Then we do the practice, and the practice consists in a simple set of seven gentle exercises. Most people can do them. My mom is 84, and she can do them. Um, and she does them regularly, actually. I just talked to her yesterday. But anyway, because she's stressed. I mean, she's in Rome and she's stressed. So basically, these exercises are designed to either stretch or fatigue in a mild way, muscle groups in the legs. We only use the legs to bring it on because the, those are the bigger muscles. And then lying in certain position at some point, earlier or later, this natural tremor response will come up. And it usually manifests in a gentle shaking for most people in the legs, but it can also travel to other parts of the body because we all tension everywhere in the body. So we do that for like a total of maybe 15 minutes or so. The whole practice takes probably <clears throat> 45 minutes. And then we spend another the rest of the time that we are together First, debriefing, so people will share a few words about their experience, the people who want to do that. And then I will give them uh, additional um, tips and instructions on how to carry this practice with them home. Meaning, because if you do it more than once, like anything else will work better than if you just do it once. And so recommendation for the day of, and also recommendations and tips on how to continue. And everybody that comes to my workshops, they are also uh, eligible to attend. I offer a few free classes a week, one that you will host. I also offer a couple of more. So three free classes a week that I will offer probably for another couple of months so that people can, can reinforce their understanding and practice. And those are short. We call them refresher classes because they're just an hour. So basically we do the practice and then I leave time for questions and answers. Wonderful. Um, and I understand, you know, you've worked in different places around the world. You mentioned Belgium and I understand you've worked in Palestine. And if you could, uh, yeah, talk about the different ways in which you have traveled and taken this to all different kinds of diverse communities. Oh, God. Well, I also took neurogenic yoga, which again is this. So I've been to a lot of places. I've been to many European countries. I assisted David and co-teach with him in Japan. I assisted him in South Africa and in Brazil. I did my own trainings in Indonesia, in Jordan. Uh, well, Palestine, it was a special case because we did free community facilitation. So it was a different program, but same modality. Uh, funny enough, there is not a lot of difference in the way that uh, people uh, respond to this. Uh, some cultures tend to be more contained 
just for need. I mean, let's say in Palestine, people seem to be very, most people, and I mostly work with therapists and social workers there. So there are people that are pretty grounded. They're very uh, uh, contained because it's not safe there not to be contained, okay? So you cannot just freak out. You have to stay together. So they seem to be very... uh, um, more tentative in the approach to this work, uh, but it works for them too, and they're reporting credible results. Uh, in other countries, like let's say Holland, the people seem to be more uh, loose and more probably because of all the pot they smoke, but <laughs> but they seem to be more, uh, they embrace it in a more jolly manner because they are more relaxed and they already feel quite safe in their society. So you see, I mean, the human body responds similarly, but then different society influence in a manner that allows us to be more comfortable with just being ourselves and see what happens in other society where we, we are, they are less comfortable in just being themselves and see what's happening. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Um, and, you know, are there any other kind of diverse kind of communities that... Um, I don't know if the work has been done with maybe people in prison or other folks who are in different. Oh, totally, there are. Uh, the, this work has been taken to from you know there are seven million people tried it in sixty countries so far. So yes, I, I guess is good. I never took it, so I took it. I mean, my you know badge of honor was to go to the Middle East. Basically, I haven't taken to prisons or so. I did teach a lot of veterans in some settings, you know, like uh, the Han Monastery in New York uh, State. I, I worked with them for a couple of years and we did things for the veterans. Of course, a certain populations are more sensitive, you know, they need more Let's put it this way. The, the majority of the population can learn to practice this work in safety and without an external supervision. So they do it a few times, either with me or with another provider or, or then with a video or with a class or whatever. And then they are, they are okay doing it by themselves because it's, it's just can be even quite fun. Uh, then there, there is uh, some part of the population that needs some uh, support just because they haven't developed, uh, I mean, they don't feel so safe because their nervous system is wound up, uh, like let's say if they just came back from war, for example, like a veteran, they are okay. So it's not, there's nothing wrong with those people. Those symptoms are just the fact that their nervous system is overwhelmed and wound up. But then these people might have some reactions because something come up and they don't feel safe, okay? But they can be taught, they can be um, supported to learn how to self-regulate. So initially it would be a core regulation because we help them and eventually they would be able to do it by themselves. There is then a small percentage of the population that they are, because people can function really well with this work and be traumatized. Most of us are traumatized in some manner but there is a small percentage of the population that they are so traumatized or the trauma was so severe and early in their life that they don't know what it feels to feel to be safe. They haven't experienced it so much in their lives. So they usually go around operating either from being anxious or from being dissociated and checked out. So if they do something like this, it might be a little much for them because um, they will either 
feel unsafe or they will feel dissociated. So uh, for these people, it's better to start with a, a more mellow, not that this isn't mellow, but let's say with a more gradual uh, approach to get familiar with feeling safe in their body. Let's say massage, yoga, uh, tai chi, qigong, uh, and definitely some psychotherapy might also help them to, to feel, to find that place of safety, and then they will also be able to do it. Does make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, as we were saying in the beginning, you know, this is a time where so many people are feeling such a high level of anxiety, so many, so many things that we're challenged by. So it's, it's really exciting that you're doing this work and, um, you know, it's a great offering that you're, you're able to take this out there and you're training people who can then spread it further. Yes, and you know what? I mean, this is the way because stress, I mean, doctors say stress is the number one killer, okay? So not only we have the responsibility, I mean, for the world, we need to stay calm. I mean, I think at this point, I'm the living example, you know, I'm not fuzzled at all from all this that is going on. Of course, I care, I care deeply, but I don't lose sleep. I feel super relaxed. I feel happy. I'm happy in my body. I'm happy in my life, you know, and I still can see the, the pain of the world and try to change it, but not taking it on emotionally. Because then when we do that, our immune system goes down. The more stress we have in the body, the more our immune system goes down. So we cannot fight anything. Coronavirus, by even the common cold or, or a headache, you know, we are just weak. So we need to stay strong both for ourselves and for our society, because we really need strong people right now. Mm. I remember once you described it too, like the way animals have their natural ability to shake stress. Out. Oh yeah, for the animals, because they are not so stuck in their head like we are, when something happens, they release it immediately through shaking, immediately. They don't wait 20 years when they are in physical pain or emotional anguish to go to a shrink or a physical therapist. They do it right then. And actually, there is more research done on animals than on people that shows the animals that are allowed to go through this process and release through shaking, they have actually... Um, more resilience towards subsequent uh, traumatic experiences. And they are, so basically what it proves in a small way is that it doesn't kill us, make us stronger, but that's if we shake, otherwise it kills us eventually. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you um, so much for that. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, well, the only thing I can say for people that are curious and maybe they might feel a little trepidant or concerned, you know, that this is actually, I mean, we already went through the stress and trauma. This is supposed to be fun. So I'm known to, to make people, I mean, in my classes, people laugh way more than they cry. Either are good if done in, in, in a regulated manner, you know, you can cry like you're watching a movie and makes you cry a little bit. Either work, but people tend to laugh more because, I mean, that's also a form of release which is more socially accepted. So what I'm saying, if people are, are I mean, being traumatized or being stressed, they already suffered through that in one way or the other. Releasing it can actually be either neutral, or worse than neutral or possibly fun. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you um, so much for that. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Sarasvati. See you soon. Bye.
Thanks so much for joining us. Please leave us a review so that others can find us.